whole lot of talk. The interviews that rock. Brought to you by Rock Antenna, Germany's number one rock radio station. Hey. Hello. I didn't have I didn't have time to do my makeup or my hair. <laughs> well, look at oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, there we go. I can't I, help the light. I got the I face for it. radio and you look uh, brilliant. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. So uh, you survived the uh, you survived this stuff for the last couple of years. Eh? I did. You doing okay? By, by some miracle I did. And I wasn't infected yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I None was of my family really. neither. So, uh, which is which that's, is surprising. I guess that's good and bad. I mean, bad because yeah. you could yeah. be, you could be, and then good because you, you don't want to take the chance, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's just you have yeah. to take care of so much bullshit in isolation. I don't want to do this. Yeah. Well, we did. Uh, three of the four of us here yeah. got it back in April and May of 2020. That's early. Uh, yeah. At the beginning and. Yeah. You know that was the worst one, and then the Delta was a little better, and then the Omicron thing's yeah. fine, you know, much better. But um, we got the first one, and it was uh, my wife was she coughed for about eight months, and oh. I was I I'm ten years older than her, and I used to smoke cigarettes and uh, didn't yeah. do a lot of exercise, haven't done a lot of exercise, so I actually got hit pretty hard, and um, it it kind of knocked my lungs out for about nine months. And my lungs were not back to normal, um, so that totally sucked. It was yeah. How do you terrible. cope with something like this? Well, right. actually, one good thing it did for me was the first two weeks I was very scary. Went to the hospital and they said that you know if we admit you, we're going to have to put the the tube down your yeah. throat, the airway. Yeah. And if you do that, there's no turning back from that. You could damage your throat and you could have some yeah. real problems from that. Um, and they said that if you're, they gave me a little machine and said, if your oxygen levels go any lower, you need to come right yeah. away. And uh, did, did so, no, I was, uh, we went there and my wife watched me for about four days because it was uh, very scary. Um, but uh you know, it, it basically it was like it felt like somebody sat on my chest 24 hours a day, 24 hours a day. But it was the sound of a, a crackling fire every time I breathed in or out. So that was um, that was a big, big thing for me because it made me think about things I never thought about. And may, the main thing is that the, the cliche, the stereotypical thing that you uh, most some people start to think about, which is. Whoa, at the time I was 54 years old and when I got this April 2020 and it was um it was like okay does uh does my do my family and kids know I love them? Yes, I'm good yeah. there. Are they okay financially? Yes, we're good there. What's the next thing? Well, there's not much left for me. I mean, I my life is music. So the third thing was in my little annihilator 35 years how um what's the state of that what do i have here uh, as as like like a little mini legacy everybody has their legacy whether it's their children or their art or their their job or what they've done you know some people do great things for others some people do great things for themselves or their families or, or or bad things whatever but the word legacy is not for some famous rich person or whatever it's for anybody every human yeah. My, my little legacy was music and or would be music and 
um, besides children and you know family. And I thought, fuck, I totally have that wrong. I don't have most of my albums you can't find anywhere on iTunes or Spotify. And some of them just sound really badly because they were kind of not not really necessarily recorded with much of a budget sometimes. And But if anybody ever wanted to find my music, it'll be very difficult to find many of my CDs. So I I got out of this COVID thing and my mission was to get all my albums, if I could, yeah. get them all back and put them all together in a good way so I could do a deal where eventually in the next year, um, anything I've ever done is going to be available everywhere, even if it's not a wanted or not a big thing. At least I could go tomorrow to heaven or hell or wherever you go or in the ground or burnt <laughs> up in a crematorium. Um, wherever I end up going after after this life, uh, at least my little legacy is there if anybody ever wants to find it. Right? Sir, so that's don't call, that's don't call this legacy little. Please do me a favor. <laughs> <laughs> It's not little wow. at all. No, but that's the cool thing. That's one of the other things I, I learned from lying in bed for months because I, I was basically uh, basically lying in bed for months. I had no energy for a few months. And my my best friend became YouTube, and um, <laughs> which is great. It's, it's great if you know what to look for, if you want to know something about something. But if you're just sur surfing or looking for the recommended videos, Man, it can totally make your head spin and you waste five hours watching stuff that you realize is a waste. But, <laughs> it, it, you know, one of the things that I realized during the, those couple of months last year was how many amazing people there are in the world that have done some amazing things. Because when you're in the music business and you have a band mm. and that's your whole whole life for many decades since you were young, um, you of course, you only you're very narrow in what you've experienced and who you've met and in mm. other things in life. And I realized that music and my band were the only things I really was doing for all these years. And one thing I didn't realize was just how many incredible people there are out there. I, I doing things, you know, it, it was kind of enlightening. <laughs> It's great. But you know, of all ideas that you get, in all in, yeah. in, in all this time how come it was i have to do metal again you know what because you know when i when i had this thing about okay the only thing i need to do now is put my we say put our put my music legacy in order get it together sort yeah. it out make it good get it out there available um, one of the things uh, I did was before you you heard about everybody selling their catalog or selling their masters, selling their publishing. Yeah, I remember I remember seeing Jimi Hendrix's estate uh, kids and estate fighting about mm. what yeah. to do with the rights. Yeah, and I I thought I don't want my kids and I don't want anybody fighting over my little thing. So I had actually thought, who is the better person or Thing or company to take care of publishing rights. Well, yeah. a publisher, a publisher, they know what they're doing. And who knows more what to do with a record? A record company. So I I gathered all that, all the, I think 22 albums, 22 releases that I did. Insane. Um, 
And yeah, and, and that does not include the three from Roadrunner, the first three that we did, Alice in Hell, Never Never Lands, Set the World on Fire. Um, and I got it all together, repackaged it, redid it all. And I decided to sell it. And this was before you, we all heard of, you know, Bruce Springsteen and ZZ Top and all these other bands, sell, uh, David Coverdale selling everything. Yeah. I was already I was already doing that as soon as this, uh, I'd say by June of 2020, I was already on that right. path. Uh, yeah. I was selling it. So I found a label called Adel in Germany, of course, that um, they were the ones that, that understood that I, I, I wasn't really looking for some big paycheck. I, payday i was looking more will you release the packages nicely will it be made available as part of our agreement and they did so when i technically sold the masters to adel i don't even own my past anymore it's all gone it's all fresh fresh uh slate clean slate um they sent me a nice big check but um <laughs> they 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 wanted to to think of an idea how do we sort of tell people that Annihilator catalog is coming out with us in the next couple of years, and we want to let you know. And they they called me and said, "Okay, now that we own your stuff, can you help us? Can you help us think of an idea?" And I said, "Well, hey, reality, it's it's it might be my life's work, but it's also old stuff, and a lot of people haven't heard these albums, mm -hmm. um, and it's probably not going to be some crazy running to the stores or to the to the online community to download." every new album but they wanted to, me to come up with an idea that could just create some interest when they announce it and um i woke up the next day i think and thought what if i took the one record that i have that i wish i could redo it and um which one would it be and it was that one right away called metal in 2007 yeah um and I, the reason was simply because the three people, the three main people on the album, Dave Pad, my singer, Mike Mangini, people know him from Steve Vai, Extreme, and now Dream Theater, and myself, um, the three of us done many albums together. Yeah. But that one, Mike was very busy and distracted. My singer was distracted by things back at home when we were doing the record. So his mind wasn't on the singing. Mm. And of course, being a singer, you've, you've got to be 100%, you know, into it uh, when you're recording. And I was distracted by the, the deadline, deadlines and the budgets and getting it done quick and things. So I, ma I made the biggest mistakes, but you had a perfect storm of three of us who, who have done some very good work together, but we all did our worst work together on that album. So all right. um, I said to, to the guy at Adel, I said, listen, why don't we, I just redo it with uh, one of my favorite drummers and favorite singers, if I can get a hold of them. And they said, well, that's pretty cool, but we should release the original one too, because it's yeah. not really, it's not cool to just forget the other one. And some people like the old, the original one much better. So um, I thought, who's my favorite drummer? Well, Neil Peart, uh, he's, yeah. and he's, he's gone, he's left us. Um, and my two other favorite drummers are, one was from the band The Sweet, Mm -hmm. He's pa he's passed away, and the other one was Bruce Gary, which is the drummer for the Yale band The Knack. Uh, oh, and he hey, okay, he passed away. So yeah. number four favorite drummer Dave Lombardo. So there we go. Peter Chris or something. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I was uh, talking to a friend of mine, Brian Tishi, uh, well known yeah, yeah, drummer, yeah, yeah. and 
he and I are incredible Kiss and Van Halen fans. So we we talk a lot about uh, about uh, for example, I, I talked to him last week about um, we were talking about the uh, studio songs for Kiss Alive too. Yeah, and I was explain. We were talking about how you know Kulik, Bob Kulik came in and played these incredible solos and, and they, they were my favorite solos. And then I realized, Oh my God, that's not Ace really. Um, but I thought that, that Peter Chris, I didn't think he was playing on, on larger than life and all American man and all yeah. that. I thought it was, uh, Anton Fig who did a lot of kiss stuff. Yeah. And uh, Brian Tishi reminded me very quickly, almost like he was angry at me. And he said, that's Peter Chris. That's not Anton Fig. And I'm like, holy shit, that's true. That, that Peter Chris was in his prime. He was like, he was like the hard rock uh, Ringo star. It was incredible. Yeah, that's but, a good uh, <laughs> So we we basic we basically ended up uh, just saying, hey Max, if you give us some money, I can go pay Dave Lombardo and Stu Block, one of my favorite singers, to just do a second version of the record, and a fun version and just do it uh, with no stress, no big studio time, just, and I let Dave do anything he wanted. He wasn't told what to do by anyone. And the same with Stu. So it was, it was very confusing for both of them because they expected me to be some dictator and asshole. And I was going <laughs> to tell him what to do and all that stuff. And I remember saying to Dave Lombardo right here, as we're talking on, on video, yeah. um, Dave looked at me very strange from his house in Los Angeles. And he said, hang on, you, you don't want to hear my ideas first. And I said, Nope, you, you want to approve them. And I said, Nope, you just, and I, it basically, it was like, you're Dave Lombardo. Why do I need to tell you what to play? You know, it's uh, and uh, Stu was the one that had the problems because Stu needed someone to tell him because he has so many voices. He didn't know, do I do like a Phil Anselmo style? Do I do a Rob Halford style? Do I, he didn't know. So yeah. Yeah. I, I tortured him. I let him, I kept saying, nope, Stu, that's up to you. It's not me. You do whatever <laughs> you want. So uh, I think he was the most nervous. But And also, the last thing is, and then I'll shut up and answer a question, is... <laughs> oh, that's okay. Um, <laughs> Keep going. I, you know what? The cool thing is I've answered all your questions already. Um, <laughs> Maybe. I think the, the, the best part for me was I said to both guys, I said, listen, just do three takes, three passes. You got three chances to do the whole song. Yeah. And I'll take your three and pick the best version. Yeah. And, uh, and that was very scary because that's not normally how it's done. Um, and, and there was a reason for that. It was because it's not some big budget studio record. It's just something fun to put out alongside the other version of the album and yeah. to let people know, Hey, here's a cool record, but our cool catalog coming up. But the coolest thing for me is when I, I was telling my sister this two nights ago uh, on my Facebook messenger. And I was telling her that when I was, uh, whenever the album haunting the chapel came out, I think that was before Hello Waits. I think it was the, I don't know if Haunting the Chapel. 80, 84. 84? Yeah. Yeah. And that was that the EP. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I remember having a Sanyo uh, cassette player yeah. and I, I went to this school that was very close to where I lived in Ottawa, Canada and sat there by myself smoking a cigarette. Um, I was 
just turned 17 or 18 years old. And I remember going on a, like a Friday or Saturday night to sneak out of the house to have a cigarette. And I brought my little radio at, you know, cassette player. And I sat on one of the school benches at nighttime. Nobody was there. It was pitch black. And I'll never forget air drumming, sitting there smoking and air drumming at, at nighttime by myself, like chemical warfare and uh, captor of sin and things yeah. like that. And I really looked at Tom Araya and Dave Lombardo as gods as a teenager because yeah. yes Jeff Hanneman and yes Kerry King the writers we know that later I discovered they were the geniuses too but the voice and the drums were just so incredible to me as a teenager and yeah. I told my sister how strange is it if you told the young Jeff Waters as a teenager <laughs> that these gods you know like you would meet them and blah 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 but mainly Dave Lombardo would actually play on one of your Annihilator records. And it's, it's a small thing, but to me, it was, it was, it's just incredible. It really is as a fan. I mean, yeah. I, I can totally understand you. I hear you. I, you know, if there's, if there's two records, I, I could redo it. I'm not a musician. I don't know anything about it, but I would love to hear hotter than hell from kiss again with a new drum sound and hella weights actually. Oh yeah, Hello Waits yeah. has a weak drum sound compared to what came after. You know, you know it's it's a tough thing because I I, I would put on music like Saxon would redo things. You yeah. know, my yeah. fa one of my favorite favorite albums, top top twenty favorite albums would be Wheels of Steel. Yeah, and the last song on that record called Machine Gun has this two two parts that have double bass, and the whole ending is double bass, and that was a huge influence. Just hearing the double bass on that song, like. The drummer was going for like a minute and a half, two minutes at the end on double bass. And I'd never heard it before. Um, and then I'd heard a song, uh, you know, I realized that, uh, you know, what, Hellbent for Leather, Killing Machine, yeah. Les Binks. Les Binks would have double bass. And I discovered that. And then Dan Beeler from Exciter was a big one for yeah. me. Um, but uh, when I hear these, and, you know, Exodus, all these bands have, and Testament, they've all done some great redoing and mm -hmm. as a musician too i understand why you want to redo things and but unfortunately it, i i don't think it's just an opinion but i'm not sure I, I don't know how many people are successful at making like you remember defenders of the faith and yeah. there was a ronnie james there was an early ronnie james the ordeal album and there was some some of the even some of the hair metal that was good that was coming out of the states the productions and the sounds were quality was really lo-fi and and you yeah. know like out of tune singing and just not good sound yeah but today if you put those on you can't beat that that's oh, the way yeah. it was yeah it's true it's it's i bet you i bet you yeah i bet you if you took slayer 20 years ago when or whenever dave lombardo was back in slayer years ago yeah like i don't know what in his comeback album or whatever he did with them i bet you if you took that lineup again and redid hell awaits it would sound better and heavy but i tell you more than half of the people would love the original better i know <laughs> yeah. what you're saying i know you're, what you're, probably, saying. you're probably right you're probably right well did you call, i know did you call those old guys again uh, uh mike and david said look i'm gonna do metal again but you're not gonna be on it no, because I I um I figured the, it's getting re-released as well. 
the, the, the original yeah. one's coming yeah. out too. So it's not like I deleted them and only put the, the, yeah. the Dave Lombardo Stu block on. So it's like, there's the version with the original guys. And then there's the version, another version of it, you know? Yeah. All right. I, I've been, I've, I've talked to Dave, um, Dave Patton. He was my faithful and amazing, talented guitar player and singer live and singer in the studio. And when I met him, he had sort of lied to me a bit and said he was a singer. Uh, he wasn't a singer. He was a guitar player. And he'd, uh, he played in a, a well-known Canadian band as a guitar player for a little bit. Um, Which one? But uh, I'm trying to remember. It was very Nickelback type of band. It was... Uh, tragically Hip or something. No. <laughs> close. Uh, more Nickelbacky. It was... Um, oh, come on. Uh, uh, guys, uh, guy's got a deep... He's got, the guy's got a deep voice. He had a mustache, a little beard. The singer... He was a guitar player as well. I'll try and remember the name of it. Tricky. Yeah. He filled in for the guitar player for a while as a All touring right. guitar player. And not much. Not Thor. Ah, ah, it's going to, but they're very nickelbacky. They, and they, oh, here we go. They are on, uh, they are or were on Chad Kroger's uh, 604 record company. Is it Monsters? You know no. Let me, I should look that up. I should look it up. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, but you know, apart from this, you changed the song lists from the new CD compared to the yeah, 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 and you left one out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the song that was left, I'm, I'm still, my, my brain is. Guess what I'm focusing on right now? Genres, charts. Okay, I'm gonna get rid of it. Hang on. Um, oops, I lost you. Hang on. Okay. Um, yeah, so two things. One, I just decided to put the order in how I would do it today. Okay. Uh, you look back on the songs and you say, ah, I should have put it in this order or that order. Um, and, uh, you know, when it was remixed, I, I had found Alexi Lejo had done a, a solo at the end of the song, and I kind of cut it out because it was just long. And then when he passed away and, and I started to redo this, I – I saw his um, right where I'm sitting actually is a couple of uh, computer monitors yeah. and they're touch screens. Like you play a piano on them. It's like a right in front of me here. And I was sitting right here and I got to that song um, just before he died, uh, maybe two weeks before he died. And I saw, Oh, Alexi, Hey, wait, there's, I was looking at the masters. Wait, there's a longer solo at the end. I guess I faded it out quickly back then. Yeah. And it, it made sense. I went right away and I went, Oh, is that any good? And I, I put the whole thing in and it was like, wow, that's honestly, he was probably the best player. I mean, he was for soloing. He was one of the best players out there. Uh -huh. And I don't think a lot of people knew that. I think a lot of people yeah. knew he was an amazing guitar player, but I don't think they realized just how great he really was at lead guitar. He was like, he really he i i've been friends with and played with and guys like jeff loomis yeah. roderick uh all these shredders from the old school to new school you know even even guys like look Corey bolio from trivium is an amazingly guitar player these guys yeah. are great but alexi stands out to me because he took that eddie van halen randy rhodes marty friedman jeff waters uh and all these other guitar players and he made them um he brought them to all these new kids yeah. that never heard the original shred. So he was a big, big fucking genius at this. Mm. Um, but I, 
I just decided, okay, well, when we remix this, make sure we put the whole solo in at the end. And I, and I like there's something about that too, is Dave Lombardo, when he sent me his drums, he said some, something like, I know I'm doing a lot of drums at the end uh, when Alexi's doing his solos. But he said when he was doing the drums for that song, Downright Dominate, that Alexi played, the last minute, minute and a half is all Alexi shredding. Yeah. Dave Dave said he closed his eyes and he was playing this stuff. And it was almost like Alexi was there looking at him saying, play with me. Yeah. Don't play behind. Don't play behind me. So you've got Alexi shredding for a minute and a half. And you've got Dave Lombardo jamming with him after he passes away. So that was pretty touching. So I put this the album in the order that I like today. Um, there's that one song surprised the hell out of me that's coming out in, um, I think in a month or soon. It's called Couple Suicide. And that's going to be on the, that's one of the songs where on the original, you know how you can't beat the originals, but I think on this version, wow, that, that one song stands out. Uh, it's a sleeper. It's something I didn't know would turn out that well with uh, Stu Block singing and Dave Lombardo. It's the combination was perfect. But, but did, you um, put, did you put Danko Jones out of this? Yeah. No, I mean, Danko and Angela Gasso were singing yeah. on that originally. Yeah. So we left, we left, we took the lead vocal of Danko out and put Stu on, but we kept Angela and Danko's background stuff. Right. So okay. again, um, there's both versions are out, are going to be released. So it's not a, it's not deleting anyone. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. an extra version. And you don't have to like it or listen to it. It's just a an optional, you know. But you know, it's it's worth checking out. And I can't wait to see the reactions of press and fans when they, the ones that hear it, and one will go, "I like the original way better. I like Padden's voice better than on Stu, or I like Lombardo's drumming better, or I like Mangini, or I like." It's gonna, be, you know, it it's gonna be like fun to watch everybody argue over it. <laughs> but the one, the last thing is. One song is missing from the original called yeah. Operation Annihilation. Yeah. And it, it featured uh, another fucking genius rhythm player and songwriter, uh, Michael Amott. Yeah. And I brought him on to do a solo. And he was a little nervous about doing a solo because, you know, obviously Loomis or his brother were the, the lead shredders. I said, no, no, Michael, you can fucking play lead because you're that great. So he came on and played a, a beautiful solo on there. But over the years, like behind me, you see the studio. There's another a room beside us that has the the Max and the the PC and the backup stuff and, and and machine stuff. And over the years, you have to keep upgrading your software, but obviously, you have to keep upgrading the computers. So every three every three years, new computer, maybe every whatever. Over, so you make backups. Yeah. So that means from 2006 when we recorded that, yeah. there's been, I don't know, 10, 15 years or whatever of yeah. backups. Yeah. And somewhere along the chain, that folder never got copied. So uh, all yeah. my and all my backups don't have that in there. So I must have not backed it up back in 2007. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. What I did there is I thought, ah, fuck, that's too bad, but at least it's on the original one. So at least people can get that. But also I realized I had to bring another song to the album to replace it. So I pulled, I pulled two songs, really. I pulled um, 
an exciter song called Heavy Metal Maniac. Yeah. Which is great because Dan Beeler's singing some backups, but um, the bass player, Alan Johnson, the original bass player, is the bass player on the song. And Dave Lombardo <clears throat> was starting out when Exciter had already put out their World War yeah. III on Mike Varney's compilation record. So yeah. Exciter, were out, Exciter were out first and they, they were a very important band for the big four and everybody else. But, and Anvil, the first two Anvil albums were incredibly mm. important as well. And those are two unsung hero bands in the genre of metal is Exciter and Anvil's first two records yeah. were so important to everybody else and they don't even know it. But <laughs> so Beeler, Johnson, the Exciter cover with Lombardo Block and Waters, that Heavy Metal Maniacs on there. And then I decided, well, since my the number one person in my parental life other than my parents, the one that was like my father in my own musical way, Eddie Van Halen died. Um, and I thought, you know what, fucking just bring back our cover of Romeo Delight. And it's not the best version in the world and it's not incredible. Nobody can ever get anywhere as close to Van Halen as Van Halen. It's impossible. They're probably the best band that's ever been on the earth. Definitely the best guitar player and the best rhythm section. But uh, <laughs> I think, well, hey, the first, imagine you're in a band yeah. and with one singer, your first six albums, six in a row, six albums in a row of that. You, you, it doesn't matter what anyone says, you can't beat that. So oh, I just thought, with Alexi passing away, we can have a bigger solo from him now, a longer solo. We can have Dave Lombardo kind of threw in his own little tribute with, without saying anything to me with his playing. You've got Eddie Van Halen. At least we got a Van Halen cover tune in. And I dedicated the record to both both uh, Eddie and, and Alexi. It all just made sense to me. It just made sense. <laughs> This is great. Jeff, you are an annihilator. I just, you know, when I, when I read through some facts and figures, I figured you had probably almost at least over 35 other musicians on your side during all the decades. Over 40. Over 40. <laughs> How important for you? That's not a tricky question, but isn't that, isn't that a stable lineup not really that important for no, you anymore? No, I mean, the thing, the thing is, Well, what for our touring lineup now, since I've been singing for the last three or three or four albums, I don't know. Um, the touring thing is I found three guys that are just perfect, younger, more energy and very talented. And that's been the band for over yeah. half a decade. So that's kind of stable. But the whole intention of Annihilator at the beginning was just me and a singer named John Bates started this band. And we wrote songs, a couple of songs together. And I think the ones, I don't know, six of them, something, and maybe I think four of them on Alice and two on Never Neverland. Mm -hmm. But one was the most important one at the beginning, which was Alice in Hell. And him and I were writing these songs and making demos. We were both very new and young. And we looked at each other and said, oh, we have to find a bass player and a drummer, <laughs> you know, like, so it was innocent. It was like, oh, we have to find. So we found a bass player drummer and right away, you know, one guy didn't want to come to practice. He wanted to go to the club or go drinking and see bands at the bar. 
and one his girlfriend wouldn't let him come out uh, <laughs> to practice. You know, so very quickly, and I look at the history of it now on my demos, and yeah. the demos were a big thing, of course, as people know in the 70s and especially 80s. Demos were the big thing, cassette trading and all that shit. And Annihilator had one of the top, I think it's in the third or fourth, fifth, whatever, biggest traded or sold demo along with the Megadeth, Metallica, and, and Slayer ones. Testament. And, that, and that was in like 86, 87, 86-ish. And so we were like, kind of like in that, that thrash metal genre, we were kind of famous from our demos two and a half years before our album even came out, our first album. What's your, what's your, first, was, what's your demo called Phantasmagoria? Or well, I, I did one and I wrote the song, Alice in Hell and a couple other things in the, December of 84. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 84. Yeah. It took me until the end of 89 yeah. to have a record deal and release that record. Yeah. And we did two record, two demos. One was like 84, 85 was welcome to your death. It had songs from the Alice in hell album yeah. and one or two ended up on, on never, Neverland. And then the second demo was 86 called phantasmagoria demo. It had the song Alice in hell and a few things. Uh, that would later be on those two albums. And then the important one for me was one that people hadn't heard from, which was the one I shopped to record companies. And funny enough, the the original ones didn't get any interest from labels. Mm -hmm. The only interest I got, and this is a rare story, is the song Alice in Hell, which helped start our career along with the classical guitar, Crystal yeah. Ann. Um, that song... It got listened to by labels, but they didn't sign it. They weren't really interested, except one label, Metal Blade, sent me a contract. And they sent it to my mom and dad's house. And all it was, was it said, we'll give you, I think it was 2000 or 2500 US dollars to buy the song Alice in Hell to use for their artist, Lizzie Borden. Ah, uh, you're killing me. Yeah, and I ran to my father because I was a kid. I ran to my dad and said, look, I got a, a record deal offer for the song, $2,500 or whatever it was. And, uh, or maybe 5,000, but it wasn't more than 5,000. Yeah. And I said to my dad, so I should I sign it? And he looks at me and he goes, oh my God, if somebody's going to give you like $5,000 to buy one of your songs, what if you made 10 songs <laughs> and you didn't sell it. You just got a deal so you could still make money from it. And I'm like, oh, okay, dad. And <laughs> so I waited. And uh, luckily, by the time I got a real band together, I thought, in Vancouver, Canada, I had to move away from my city of Ottawa because there was no musicians there that were at a level to, to do this properly. So after a few years, I realized the only thing I can do is get out of this city. And I, I made this scary, scary move to Vancouver, and there was hundreds of, of musicians. And that's where it started finally in 89. So uh, uh, This is great. Uh, Jeff, we're running out of time because I have <laughs> yeah. my fucking Zoom thing to probe. Me means our company. So <laughs> it was uh, it was great, and finally, you know, finally, we, we I got the chance to talk to you. I've been doing this for 20 years plus, and, uh, you know, we, we never had that the occasion which is insane just come to yeah. think about it but uh um well maybe uh munich that'd be great because i like to sometimes i vacation there for 
try to I floated down the river a few times in the sun <laughs> yeah. um, and watched the uh, the surfers Surf, surf off the ice belt, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That those those are things besides the food and the beer gardens and all that fun stuff. Those are the things that I really remember were the weather and the the little river, the, the fast moving river where they serve, and then the slow moving one where you could everybody's lying around in the grass and you see people just lying on their backs floating down this little river. It's just so many uh and the history and you know, from way back in the history, it's beautiful. So uh yeah, whatever. I hope I so. This has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But, yeah. um, well, the one thing is quickly is we're going to have a lot of fun maybe in 2023 and get the first three albums, get the first couple of singers. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Randall from uh, Set the World on Fire, Coburn Fire, singer yeah. from Never Never Land, and Stu Block to sing the Alice in Hell album because nice. Randy Rampage, our singer, passed away. Yeah. Um, we're we're going to put that together and make it the most funnest, coolest, metal, fun show we could ever do and just have a blast um and i also have another i've only been an annihilator and played heavy metal in my life really but uh just yeah. between me and you yeah what watch for me in 2023 in the summer watch i've uh i've got a new band i'm looking it's forward not, to all the flamenco music you're gonna do it's nope it's not heavy metal it's not what all it, people always say oh are you going to do a classical record a jazz record a blues record an instrumental record no i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna totally take the world by storm nice this is a good last word because we're gonna get kicked out anytime now okay all and right well i loved it have fun thank you very much and next be time safe. Take the beer is on me yes everybody be safe have fun listen to music and see you all uh, on tour or go See yeah. bands on tour and have fun. Enjoy life. I'll see you later. <laughs> see you. Thank you very much. Whole lot of talk. The interviews that rock. Subscribe to our channel for more rocking podcasts.